Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. We are into week five of the high school football calendar. You're listening to the Football Friday podcast brought to you by the Morning Times and the Daily Review. I'm Kirk Loveson alongside Johnny Williams, Logan Hill, and David Goff. And before we get started, we want to thank our sponsor for this episode, the Jolly Farmer in downtown Waverly. Uh, go down to the Jolly Farmer, get all your convenience store needs as well as beer, chips, donuts. They got a wide variety and a great selection. Be sure to check them out. And we want to thank them so much for sponsoring us throughout this season. All right, guys, some really good football last week all across the board from high school to college to the NFL. Let's kind of recap first. Um, Troy over Wyalusing, 41 to 7. Waverly over Sydney, 47 to 8. Tioga gets it done over Harpersville, 68-0. Marion Catholic over Sayre, 41-7. Wellsboro came to Athens and won 26 to 12. And Canton gets the job done against Tawanda, 40 to 0. Let's start in Troy with Logan. Logan, what'd you see out there? Troy over Y losing 41-7. First chance I got to see Troy this year, and they're just they're in a class of their own. That's the only way I can really put it. They could throw the ball for a long touchdown. They could break off a long run for a touchdown. They pretty much did whatever they wanted to do Friday night. So it, it was it was a good like I said, I hadn't seen them yet this year. I'd been to a couple of Canton games, done a couple of Tawana games, but that was my first look at Troy, and they look good. Yeah, and obviously we've been talking, guys, throughout this podcast so far this season about the potential showdown at the end of the year in the old shoe game between Troy and Canton. They're both continuing to roll. They're both averaging like upwards of 40 points per game. They got the job done that way again. Canton beat Tawanda 40-0. to zero. Um, Tawanda's kind of up and down this year, up and down. We were talking before we went on air. It seems like Tawanda's gotten to that point now. They've made that stage where the teams they're supposed to beat, they're beating consistently, but they haven't quite made the jump yet to that upper level of the NTL. You kind of agree with that? I do. And uh, so, again, I've, and I can't even really play the newbie card anymore now that David's here, but coming in at Media Day, I talked to them, and I was basically just, what are your guys' expectations for this year? And they said they wanted to have a winning record. They wanted to host a home playoff game, and, and they thought that they were on that natural progression. It's been night and day sort of for them through four games now, which team, I guess, shows up. I mean, I don't I don't want to phrase it poorly. I'm not trying to. But in their win against North Penn Mansfield to open the season, they were dynamic. They got in the end zone, and then they went to Milton, didn't score. Then they play Northwest at home, shut them out 21-0 through a weather delay. Then they go on the road. Where did they play? Oh, Canton, mm-hmm. forty to zero on Saturday. Like, yeah, so, it's kind of interesting. It kind of reflects though what we've been saying. They're kind of a team trying to figure out themselves a little bit, right? And they're finding out what works and what doesn't. Speaking of rivalry games, their rival is why losing. They'll play at the end of the year. They're kind of on the same trajectory this season, up and down, up and down. They lost to a really good Troy team, forty-one to seven. We just talked about. Keep an eye and uh, look forward to that matchup down the road. David, you got your first action in the NTL football scene um, last weekend. You got to watch Wellsboro and Athens go at it. Athens lost that one, 26-12. What did you see out there? Oh, I was I like that the first game I covered up here happened to be the closest one of the week. Yeah. Um, and despite the 26-12 score, Athens was in it up until the fourth quarter where uh, Wellsboro was able to run the ball pretty effectively in the second half to keep Athens away from them. Uh, so Athens is, uh, you know, they're, they're rebuilding a little bit. They're young. Uh, but I, I see the potential there. I think the new coach, uh, Sean Bradley, can see it as well, that in, maybe in a couple of years they'll really be clicking. Uh, and I really like that freshman quarterback. 
uh, Connor Davidson. He had a couple of wow moments for me. He had an 11-yard bullet of a throw for a touchdown pass to Sean Peters and at the end of the first half to get within a touchdown. And I was just like, holy crap. Uh, and then he also had a fourth and sixth run in the third quarter to keep a drive alive. Uh, that ended up being 12 yards down the left sideline. That it just was impressive. So they... They had a four-year starter quarterback in uh, what was uh, yeah Mason Lister, yeah. Uh, and now they have a freshman quarterback who's doing pretty well, and you can see he's going to grow and get even better. I think they might have another four-year starter. Yeah, even. that's a great point because regardless of record so far for Athens, the whole concern was how do you replace you know that old regime that we've used that term so much and so often in this pod so far in the first few weeks, but to go from Mason Lister and to kind of see you do have a kid at fresh as a freshman now starting at quarterback. They might have been able to reload, and um, he's going to get a lot of experience regardless how they finish this year, a lot of reps, and that can only benefit him and that team going yeah, forward. They definitely don't want to be 1-3 and three right now. And it's probably sure. be a struggle this season, but I can definitely, and I think they can see it too, that a little more growth in the next year or so is going to get to the spot where they want to be at. Yeah. Um, Sarah, unfortunately, falls to Marion Catholic 41-7, to but they did get their first touchdown of the season on the board, which is great to see for the Redskins. Uh, small improvement there, but an improvement nonetheless. I was on the New York side of things this weekend or this past weekend. Tioga beat up Harpersville. I believe they're up 55 to zero at the half and almost, I, I feel like they almost scored on every play. They scored it. Well, that's what you see from a Tioga football team. They're going to go to Delaware Academy this weekend. Um, they're going to go tomorrow. It's a Saturday game. If you can get out to that one, that's two teams that are undefeated and, Tioga only beat them by one possession last year, so that should be good. Waverly got it done against Sydney, 47-8. David, you're going to be checking them out tonight um, at home against Elmira. Big school, Elmira AA, um, Waverly Class C, so that should be very interesting to catch. Um, check out that one. That's it for recap, guys. Unless anyone's got anything else, um, we'll move into what we're expecting here in Week 5. Canton's going to be at South Williamsport. Should be a good showdown, Logan. Two undefeated teams, I believe. Should should definitely be a good game. Should be a great test for Canton yeah, about halfway test. through the year and, and see kind of where you stack up. You got to hit the road. You're not playing this one at home. So should be a good game. Yeah, Montgomery's going to come to Wyalusing. Um, Tawanda is going to go head-to-head with Wellsboro. That should be a tough test for Tawanda. Wellsboro's kind of... Um, David, you got a chance to see them. Less about Athens. What do you take away from Wellsboro? Should they present some problems for uh, up and down Tawanda team? Yeah, I. It took them a little bit. It took both teams in that game on Friday to get their offense going. They're like five straight three and outs. But once uh, Wellsboro got their offense going, uh, their run game is pretty effective. Um, yeah, Troy. Yeah. Troy's going to come to Athens. Is that where you're going to be? You think, um, Logan? No, we'll have Matt Patton Matt there. Patton. I'll be at Wyalusing. You're going go to you're going to be there for Wyalusing Montgomery. Matt Patton will be in Athens for Troy. Athens tough test for Athens. They drop a um, heartbreaker to Wellsboro, twenty six to twelve, and it doesn't get any easier with the Trojans coming to town. Um, Elmira is going to be at Waverly. David, you're going to be on hand for that one yeah. tonight. Um, I'd expect a good game. Elmira is one and one, but again, they're about three sizes bigger than Waverly, who still their aspirations are to be a state champion. So they're going to have to figure out how to play some of these stacked teams. Johnny, you and I talked about last week, Waverly now in that stack conference, they're going to be playing bigger schools. Any thoughts on, you know, what you'd be feeling if you put yourself in a coach position as a player's position to know you're going to get an opportunity at bigger schools. Is that a, wow, let's, this is a chance to show ourselves better competition or is that, Oh boy, we, 
this could be a tough go. Uh, from a player's perspective, if it were me, I'd be like, let bring them on. Right. I you want every bit of that the competitor in you wants every bit of that smoke, as they say. Yeah. If, and the coach, I think I would. I'm I'm not sure, you know, of, of his mindset going into it, obviously, but I think he's probably what would have the more even keel approach. Right. This is a tougher team, tougher competition. We got to up our game and approach it very logically and players are just going to be very gung-ho for it i would think yeah and i think guys it probably only benefit you they played tioga now they're going to get elmira they're going to get a couple teams out of that area that are bigger than them it's only going to benefit you the long run when you get into postseason play in class c to say hey we've gone out there and played a couple schools two sizes bigger than us and one defending two-time state champion it's definitely a good barometer for them to feel where they're at and i'm Everywhere, everyone I've talked to so far since I've been up here has mentioned Joe Tommaso as being a quarterback. So I'm, I'm looking <laughs> yeah. forward to watching him. Well, that's what I was thinking when you were talking about uh, Connor Davidson. If if a freshman first year starter can can force some holy craps or some wows out of you, <laughs> just wait till you see Tommaso, who's now who was in pretty much the same position that Davidson was in yes. only a year earlier. Didn't he start as an eighth grader yeah, or seventh grader? Maybe a lot of experience under his belt, a lot of big game reps, and I think. And Logan, you and I talked about what we saw in the Tioga game. I don't want to say they've put the handcuffs on him a little bit, but I'm sure Coach Miller and those guys are now to the point where, hey, it, it might be time to unleash Joey a little bit, and they might have to against a tough Elmira team. Um, that's it for a Tioga. Like we talked about, undefeated. They go to Delaware Academy, who's also undefeated. They played last year in a one-score game. Tioga got out of that one. Now they're on the road. Keep an eye on that one. It's two hours away. It's a bit of a track, but if you don't got anything to do on a Saturday, it's a good place to go. Um, Logan, David, you're both going to be out there tonight. Um, any what to watch for thoughts before we move on? That's a good question. Well, uh, talk to. Um, I think Canton South Williamsport is, is one I'm kind of thinking about on the daily review side of things. Just because we don't know much about that South Williamsport team, other than, hey, they haven't lost a game and neither has can. So it's a test either way, I would think. Yep. So they have uh, Ben Fitch is their quarterback, and he I believe he's a junior. His first year starting this year, and, and he's pretty much done everything that's been asked of him running that kind of – because they're a very run-heavy team. They they will run it with five different running backs in a game if you, if you really let them. Michael Davis out of the backfield has been kind of the – bell cow i guess i would say sure. at least in the touchdown column right like he's had i think in the last three games 11 total touchdowns just finding the end zone pretty much every chance he gets so he's been really good uh there's still a bunch of wards running around on that field yeah no question so, always look for the wards. so yeah great crop of athletes um david you're gonna get your first look at tomaso like we talked about so i'll be more interested to hear what you think about that um next week when we recap um, as far as previews, guys, please get out there. Um, there's preview print editions for the Morning Times and the Daily Review on stands right now. Hope you're also a, a subscriber to both papers. If not, please do. It really helps support us and supports these young athletes. Preview stories will be in there today from Logan and David. And just get out there and get a copy of that. And, of course, Saturday's edition as well as game recaps and game stories from all of our usual staff. Um, again, thank Jolly Farmer for sponsoring today's episodes. Downtown Waverly, guys, they got a great selection of craft beer and other convenience store items. They got fantastic donuts if you want to hit that for breakfast in the morning. Everything you need for game days. Please support Jolly Farmer the way they support us, and we can't thank them enough. All right, National Landscape time. We'll start with college. And the big story, as always and has been every week, 
prime time, baby. Dion, <laughs> it didn't look good. Um, it, it did not, no. Colorado State came into Colorado. For those that don't know, there was a lot of hoopla surrounding it because Colorado State coach kind of called out Dion for being I guess should we say immature? Um, he said being, his mama being prime, be, being prime time. Yeah, that's yeah. What unprofessional, does. maybe is what he was going for. Unprofessional was what he was going. Hey, my mama taught me that when I talk to adults, I take off my hat and my sunglasses. Was kind of paraphrasing, right? Um, Dion said that made it personal. His players said that made it personal, and everyone expected as twenty plus favorites at home, Colorado was gonna, they were gonna steamroll them. I, I most definitely did. So did I. I. Not the case. No, I Colorado State had every chance to win that game. But when you have I forget the exact number, but it was like eighteen penalties for 180 yards. They're gonna they're gonna regret that game for a long time. They handled them for all four quarters. However, good teams figure out how to overcome adversity, right? Regardless of how that game went for four three and a half quarters, they kept Colorado kept themselves in it, and in the final five Got the tie, go to double overtime. Dion escapes, Colorado escapes, and they remain still the story of college football this season. They are now a team that was expected to maybe win one game. They're three and zero. Here's hoping Travis Hunter can get back sooner. Travis Hunter injured in that game, two way star, plays over a hundred snaps a game. He was injured, lacerated liver after <laughs> taking a hard shot to the gut on the sideline. It was kind of a dirty hit. I think yeah. most people would agree it was a dirty hit. Yeah. It was a chippy rivalry game. You'd expect that. And to those guys' credit, Dion and Travis Hunter, both guys came out and said it was a football play. It's a rivalry. A lot of emotions. It was a hard hit. It was a late hit. But uh, I know that guy that made the hit was getting some death threats and some other stuff that is just unwarranted and ridiculous. Let's not do that. But big loss, maybe, because now Colorado heads to Oregon. And they go from 21-point favorites over Colorado State to three touchdown underdogs against Oregon. I think loss number one comes this weekend. Yeah, you're not out of bounds saying that. I mean, Oregon's the number 10 team in the They're country. Fantastic. They're playing yeah. at home. I, I, And maybe I'll be really wrong. I mean, I was really wrong last week. I thought Colorado was going to obliterate that the 23. I think it was 23 and a half was the highest it got for the spread last week. I thought they were going to run away with that game, and they didn't. Um, 21 feels like it might be too much, but I could look back at this Sunday morning, and it could have been like 55 to 14, so... Yeah, not to go too long on this, but I want to get everyone's opinion. Logan's got a great note here about fans storming the field. Two weeks in a row now, Colorado fans have stormed the field after a victory. They were 21-point favorites in this game and stormed after a victory. <laughs> However, with some context, this is a program that for about a decade now has been irrelevant and almost dead. They were predicted, like we just talked about, to win one game this season. This is the thrill of a lifetime in Boulder, Colorado. They're the story of football, period. Forget NFL or college. And they get, and despite getting beaten up for four quarters, they get out of this one and keep the story alive. Foul, fair or foul storming the field despite being 21-point favorites this week, weekend? I, I forgot that they stormed the field up for Nebraska's, went over Nebraska. I think that one was a little weird. Because it was Nebraska, yeah. Um, but this this one I get. It's a huge rivalry school, between the two schools, and it was a pretty big comeback. So it's it, the, the the adrenaline everybody had in that stadium to come out with that win. I can I can justify the rivalry comeback win being a big deal for them to have to storm the field. Logan, here's where I push back. I'm actually the inverse of you, David. I think the 
this one was weirder. I didn't realize that they stormed after the Nebraska game, but yeah. both of those were rivalry games, right? Nebraska-Colorado goes back. It Historically, yeah. was a rivalry. Old Big 12 days. And, and that's my thing is, if if I had known that, I would have maybe had a different, stronger opinion about this, this most recent one. But if you do it every week, Loses a little luster? It loses a little luster because then you're just like, where are me and my buddies meeting up on the field after Colorado sure. wins this game? So I just... If if they didn't do it for the Nebraska game, I think this past one was totally perfectly fine. Ma- maybe it's not foolproof, but I like to think that you can get one, maybe two field stormings in a year from your team, whatever team that is, if they're good, if they're doing crazy things. But if... It's the end of the year, and it's like Colorado fans have stormed the field eight times. <laughs> what are we doing? So no, I'll, I'll, I'm going to agree. I think mostly with Logan on this one. Let's just not make a habit out of it. It's supposed. To, it's supposed to be for those mega moments. And I agree. Like like you said, David, this past weekend was one of those big moments. So yeah, like like Logan said, if you, if you get to we get to the end of the season, oh here they go again. Yeah. And, I- I think I'm going to fall somewhere in between and it's not to stay safe. I think everyone would agree. I'm not a stay safe with my opinions type of guy. We do call you Kirk danger. Uh, Danger's my middle name. Um, (laughs) But I think in this case, I can totally see what you're both saying and I hope it doesn't become a habit and loses some of its luster. And there's definitely a reason for people to say, geez, I mean, you're 21 point favorite guys. You're supposed to win. Come on. What are we doing? But in a year of storylines for Colorado, it's just another storyline going forward to talk about and to be excited about. And to, even if you're wanting Colorado to win or wanting Colorado to lose. Now you have some ammo if you want them to lose. If you want to win, it's all, oh, let's keep this train rolling. What an unbelievable season. I'm kind of in the middle. It's like, oh, geez, can, are we going to keep doing this? But at the same time, oh, man, now they're 3-0 and and going to Oregon. What if? And what if they come back and, and then it's hosting USC or something? We're not going to storm then? I mean, you got. I mean, there's so many almost part of me now that I'm saying this out loud wanted me to not for them not to storm so that there is another opportunity it doesn't become redundant but if you're a team that's been dead for a decade and you didn't even think you were going to win two games this year I don't know how if you're a student in that crowd and people are rushing you're not going man let's keep the story going I mean, oh I, I I guess the the old time or, or you know the old school adage is like act like you've been there before sure. but like but they haven't they haven't, they haven't. No, they haven't. Not for no. 30 years not for 30 no. years and certainly they haven't been in a situation like when you got r- rappers and the rock on the sideline <laughs> that, that's another uh, we won't go any longer but that's just a testament to those athletes that's a lot of distractions well, when my, you're down there standing yeah. next to Lil Wayne and also trying to figure out what we're going to do on third and 18 it's and like, and if you're a student, you get to storm God. the field with Lil Wayne. Yeah, I'm going to run I mean, past the rock and maybe <laughs> yeah. hit him on the back. Yeah, my my last thing on it is is to me, field stormings, court stormings are reserved for and and by the way, we're going to sound like old men yelling at clouds. So no matter <laughs> yeah. no matter what side of this you fall on, yeah. but it's reserved to me for when your team accomplishes what was thought to be the impossible. So. I went to Maryland for four years. I saw one. It was a court storming. Yeah. The fans stormed the court when they beat number two or number three Purdue in basketball. And that was a huge win. Right. It's not like Northwestern came to town and they beat them by 10 and then the fans were just all over the court. Yeah. So, yes, Colorado has been the story and, and maybe their lackluster history 
going back the last 20 years is, is the cause for this, but just a little interesting. Also, this, the story's probably going to end this weekend. Yeah. Probably. I mean, yeah. Well, Oregon's I, probably going to end. Well, that's why, that's why we had to get it in <laughs> yeah, now. That, that, so. so sorry, but this might be the last time we talk about Colorado for a uh, while. Um, three quick games, and then we'll move on to the NFL. Penn State gets it done 30-13 to 13 over Illinois. Ho-hum, a little ugly. Um, Aller struggled at times, but the defense looked great. Penn State remains undefeated going into a big weekend. Um, Alabama, the Nick Saban era, multiple national titles, multiple SEC championships, the greatest college coach maybe in the history of college football, and a dynasty that just never seemed like it would ever take a step backwards. They were up 3-0 at the half or down 3-0. I think they were down. They were down. Or it might have been tied, but it, it was it was something like three nothing one way or the other at halftime against South Florida, who I'm not even going to look it up, but isn't even in the top prize sixty in the country. Um, they did bounce back. They got it done. It was very ugly. Alabama in trouble, guys. Well, I was saying last week to you know not doubt Nick Saban, uh, but I mean. South Florida, come on. It's South, right? <laughs> um, and, and talk to me on November 11th, which is my birthday, uh, when Temple plays South Florida. If my school plays well, beats South Florida, then I'll be out on Alabama for <laughs> Yeah, and a quick note before you go, Logan. Um, they decided to bench Jalen Milrow for this game at quarterback. They started Tyler Buckner, who was a transfer from Notre Dame. He was horrendous, and I believe he was benched before the finish of that game, and they're back to Milrow this weekend. I wish I would have just cut you off because that was exactly where I was going to go is they benched Jalen Milrow and yeah. he's only a sophomore and obviously things aren't going well right now. But again, he's a, it's not like he's a redshirt junior. He's not a back for his senior year. He is a sophomore in his first real starting experience after Bryce Young, yeah. which did he win the Heisman last year? No, it was Caleb Williams, but didn't Bryce Young win a Heisman? Yep. He won a Heisman. So he's taking over that role and... I think everybody thinks when it comes to Alabama, it's just they have blue chip NFL players all over the entire roster. So anyone should be able to have success there. It's going to take some time. Yeah. And until recently, until the, the Jalen Hurts the Tua Tagovailoa's, the Bryce Young's, Alabama wasn't exactly known for its quarterback play. Exactly. So no, that's a great point. And Johnny piggyback off that another player perspective question for you. Jalen Milrow is your starter. He gets benched the next week. The guy gets benched for underperforms, and they go back to you the third week. Is that a man uh, a second chance opportunity, or is there some bitterness, or does Alabama have a problem because of the decision? I mean, I hate when teams shuffle quarterbacks as it is. We should, I think when you have a guy who you know is your guy, you should ride him out and just and like just ignore the fan noise when they say bench this guy, bench that guy. That said, if you get benched and then you get brought back, I think there's a little bit of bitterness but you can harness that into a like a positive you know to turn around get better and like all right they're serious about this they're they they have they're not scared of benching me i really got to turn this up a notch uh the the last game on the college docket before we preview week four uh florida 29 16 over number 11 tennessee in the swamp um the only note i have on that one is it looked like last year's hendon hooker era in tennessee was a bit of a flash in the pan that team doesn't seem to be um, trending towards consistently being a top 10 powerhouse like they looked last year. Tough loss on the road. Um, Florida, maybe not as bad as people thought. I don't have much of a thought. <laughs> yeah, I just, both teams Hold are. Home. Yeah, both yeah. teams are ranked now. Florida got ranked after that win. I believe they're 20, they might be 25, and Tennessee's 23. So just, I think it was just a good old 
SEC clash good, good rivalry of, of game. not yep. your your top dogs, but nope. your your guys that are up there. Probably somewhere. middle of the road. Um, Tennessee's offensive line looked really bad that game. I know people are ragging on Joe Milton, who is replacing Hendon Hooker this year, but the offensive line looked really bad. Um, but Florida loses to ranked Utah, gets a win over ranked Tennessee. They have the hardest schedule in the country this year. To be where they're at and back in the top 25, not a bad start for the Gators, who people didn't think really had much high hopes. But I think a lot of people listening to this are like, come on, come on. It's Iowa-Penn State weekend. <laughs> um, it is. It's number 24, Iowa, at number 7, Penn State. I had a couple interesting notes to throw at you guys for this game. They've played 32 times total. 14 of the last 31 have been decided by one possession. Since they both end, are in the Big Ten together, it's 11-11. to 11. And the last time they played, Penn State lost 23-20. to 20. And the final note, here's a weird one I want to get your guys' opinion on. Iowa's offense coordinator, Brian Ferentz, the coach's son, <laughs> the head coach's son, their offense has struggled so much in the last two years that in his contract now for this season, he is required to average 25 points per game or he's fired. <laughs> I've never heard anything like that. I also don't hate it when their offense has been as sluggish and as poor in the last few years while their defense has been playoff worthy. Two quick two quick things from me on that. One, um, nowhere more perfect to institute a rule like this than <laughs> Iowa because you hit the nail on the head. Their <laughs> offense has been pitiful. And two... I think the first time they passed the 25-point threshold was literally last week. So the first two games of the year, they didn't even yeah. score 25 points, and they needed their defense's help last yeah. week. I, uh, I, it's, it is funny you mentioned that, because like Iowa has had national championship contending defense forever, it seems like, and their office has never picked it up. So it's well, at this point. Yeah, I think that's why it's as glaring as it is, right? When, you're, when your defense is... I mean, I'm being serious. I'm not an Iowa fan. Their defense has been... Final four playoff team caliber defense. I think that makes the offensive struggles that more glaring. I don't know if I'd ever institute a rule for my OC to average 25 points per game. That just screams distraction to me or trying to overdo it in games that maybe you shouldn't be. Yeah, because if you're if you're down in a few games, wouldn't you think theoretically if you have a game in hand, say you have a game in hand, you're now you're trying to run up the score to to get your average a little bit closer to 25. Yeah. But if you're scoring points, you're scoring points at a certain point. So. I just found that very interesting, the contract um, situation. However, the game situation this weekend should be really good. It's yeah. the whiteout in Penn State. That place will be electric. I mean, one of the best atmospheres mm-hmm. um, on any weekend in college football, any year is the whiteout. Again, they lost 23-20 in their last time playing against Iowa. And now this season, Penn State's undefeated and expected to compete for a Big Ten championship. This isn't high school. We can make a few predictions. I think Penn State rolls this weekend. I will. It's. I think every every time Penn State has a legitimate shot at being a national championship contender, Iowa seems to always get in the way of them. Are you calling? I David Goff on your no, second appearance no, on this I'm show. Not, I'm not. I, I think. <laughs> no, you heard it here, folks. No, I, I. What I was going to say is, I think it's going to be one of those one possession games. But I think. I think Drew Aller is the X factor. I think they actually Penn State has that quarterback this time around. So that. Their first legitimate quarterback in a while. Agreed. I think he's going to get them over the top. Logan? I will be back in the beautiful state of Maryland this weekend, and this is important that I say this before I give you my prediction. 20-17, to Iowa. (laughs) And and that's what what I'll go with. Um, The Big Ten bias shows itself. They they won't get their 25 points, but... um, (laughs) 
it's the white out. Everything's going right for Penn State. And I feel like Iowa was one of those Big Ten teams that just kind of, when things are going well for a program, comes in and well, Johnny, throws a wrench in the works. Johnny, bail this podcast out because we are trending in a bad direction. For- <laughs> um, it's, it, it, I mean, I, th- I feel like in college football, atmosphere is huge. I know they said that they, that, that, the, that they lost the whiteout game last time, Great I think, point. but that atmosphere when you have those it it gears you up it gets yeah. you going penn state i think comes back around on it if their offense is like if if iowa's offense really doesn't really doesn't put it together it's distracting they just just don't make just make fewer mistakes and you should be able to pull that one out yeah not an ideal situation for fairness oc when you're having to, that type of requirement you're going into happy valley for the whiteout against one of the better defenses in the country um another big one top 10 matchup Ohio State, number six in the country, on the road against another big following in the Valley, um, number nine, Notre Dame. Both teams undefeated. Um, I think Notre Dame's looked better this season than Ohio State. Uh, Sam Hartman transferred from Wake Forest has now solidified himself as a potential Heisman Trophy candidate, while Ohio State's trying to break in Kyle McCord at quarterback, who they didn't name the full-time starter until just last week. That's a weird situation. But there's so, so many athletes on that Buckeyes team. And Notre Dame, I feel like Notre Dame might be overachieving this early. I'm going to lean towards the Buckeyes to get it done on the road. And uh, so I'm a big, big 10 believer this weekend. It's hard to bet against Ohio State in anything. And especially a team that has Marvin Harrison Jr. at a receiver. Yeah, like Alabama, you don't make money betting against Ohio State. Logan, what do you think? Fine, I'll play the game. I'll go Notre Dame. Uh, My only note on this is this will be an all-time, not all-time, but two very good, it's a good uniform matchup. That's where I was going. Oh, yeah, great uniform matchup. If if you were a casual, if you got transported into the year 2023, any year in the past 100 years, and someone threw on a football game, if you saw this, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, Football yeah, very, colors, very fo- looks like football program. Yep. So haven't changed much. Love that take. I, no. I, will, I will say though, I uh, I'm a big believer in Sam Hartman, and I think he's, he looks good. I kind of the same line as Aller with Penn State. I think Notre Dame, Notre Dame has a really good quarterback for them now. Like I, when I was in North Carolina, I follow Wake Forest a lot sure. more, and he lit up the world with Wake Forest. So. He looks great so far. No, and I'm I'm gonna stick with Ohio State. Rolling with the big time. I went with Penn State the last time, so I'll go with Ohio State on this one. And then finally, um, and then we'll move on to NFL. We talked a lot about it earlier. It's Colorado at um, Oregon. I think the story, it's it, it doesn't mean it necessarily ends. I think the momentum stalls here, I guess, would be a better way to put it. Uh, that's a tough place to go regardless if you're a top five team in the country. Um, being 20 point, 21-point dogs heading to Oregon to Autzen Stadium, tough place to play. Oregon beats Colorado and I think they cover too I th- I'm thinking I, I think it's gonna be look like 42 14 well it, it, at, at the very least if Colorado does pull something out here then they'll have proven their worth oh absolutely uh, but uh yeah I, it's hard to go against Oregon in this I, I I I think Colorado makes it a much closer game than the 21 point spread though does anyone know if Deion Sanders has any eligibility left? That <laughs> is the only it? way I see a path to Colorado not suffering their first loss of the yeah. year. This is a tough ask. Let's see. I think I also think they lose. I, I agree with David. I think I think Colorado maybe covers, but if 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 they don't get so beat up on the last game, maybe I give them an outside chance. But yeah, yeah. tough one. That's a great point. Um, and then before we head into the NFL and finish up. Um, one last thing, guys. Please continue to support this podcast. We've it's been fantastic. We love 
getting you guys as listeners. You can find us on the Morning Times website. You can find us on the Daily Reviews website. And please don't forget to check out today's um, print editions for Football Friday previews and check out Saturday's editions. Logan and David and Dave Post, Matt Patton are all doing a fantastic job out there getting you guys game stories. Please support them by picking up a paper. So if and, you and if you don't have, have, have a, sub, a, a subscription, go down to the Jolly Farmer yes. and pick it up there. They have excellent selection of everything you, you could need. I'm personally in the fall, a big cider guy. Yeah, and cider Jolly, time. Jolly Farmer has one of the best selections you'll find around for that. So go check that out. Yeah, thanks so much to Jolly Farmer for sponsoring us. And our so we'll finish on the NFL, guys. Before we get to our How Well You Know Your Division contest we got going on, um, we're going to go do a little roundtable right here. Um, we're going to name one overachiever, and we're going to name one underachiever as the lights just dimmed back here in our studio. Mood lighting. Ooh, hold can't. on, hold on, though. This is where, if we're on the NFL segment, this is now the 2-0 club. Oh, yeah, Kirk, you have to leave. Sorry. Yeah, this is not. Hey, but all, I was thinking about this on the way up here because that's what I wanted to leave I wasn't going to rant today. All, all of our teams won. All of our teams. 4-0 hey, hey, for the pod on, up, on the week. Yeah. <laughs> Kirk was right about Josh Allen bouncing back. I'll give him that. Well, I just appreciate Josh and Dorsey listening to our podcast last week. Um, clearly, it was the motivation they both needed. It was the talk, the stern talking to they both needed. And I was just glad to um, be a part of Bill's Mafia and contribute. They beat the Raiders. Um, one overachiever, one underachiever. Oh, before we get to that, only news note, bummer for Nick Chubb. Um. Yeah, if you were like me and you didn't listen to the TV warning and you dug around on Twitter to find the video clip, don't do <laughs> yeah, that to don't, yourself. Don't do that, that to yourself. That was always oh. a big mistake. Oh. Um, he's out for the season. Bad knee injury. Same knee he injured in college, apparently. And that's a tough blow to Browns fans, but also a tough blow to the NFL. Great player. Um, it's fun to watch. One of the better backs in the league, and he's going to miss the rest of the season after a bad knee injury in Pitts, uh, the Pittsburgh game. Not that there's any bright spots after someone suffers an injury that gruesome, but I did see a freshman year Nick Chubb at Georgia highlight tape resurface in the aftermath. So yeah. that was pretty cool That's to see cool because to see. anybody was, can bounce back at him. Yeah. Well, he was also a man amongst boys stud. from the day he stepped on the field at Georgia. Absolute so. stud. So shout out to Nick Chubb. Bummer, but get well soon. And also just a fun player to watch. One overachiever. Let's start with Logan. Baker Mayfield. Oh, Baker Mayfield. Oh, my yeah. boy. So uh, I, I, on record somewhere, he got a he got a poor shake of things out of Cleveland when they brought in Deshaun Watson. Bounced around, went to Carolina, went to the Rams on two days' notice, and won a football game for him. Lands in Tampa, where he was competing with Kyle Trask for the starting job coming into the year, and nope. then yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Um, don't look on my Twitter. There might be a tweet of Kyle Trask saying it was his league now after Tom Brady retired, but don't go digging. Um, uh, anyways, so Baker wins the starting job, and what does he do? He leads the Bucks to a 2-0 record to start the year and um, has looked very electric with Mike Evans, which for someone in this room's fantasy team may actually be good because it's a dynasty league, and he held on to Evans when he could have sold. So Evans had like 170 yards last week and a touchdown. It was awesome. But Baker, Baker's my overachiever. I think he'll his play will probably shift a little bit back more towards neutral. He's played really well, um, but props to him. Who's next? Johnny, go ahead. Overachiever. Uh, for an overachiever, you know what? I kind of like the Rams here. I know they're only, what, one and one, but they gave San Francisco a hard time. They beat Seattle week one. No they Cooper got, Cup. 
Uh, no Cooper Cup. You got two guys, Tutu Atwell and another guy. I can't even pronounce Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua, yeah, who great, I picked up on, on waiver wires, by the way. <laughs> great thankfully. names. Great names. Even better receivers, apparently. Matt Stafford, apparently, didn't need a Facebook to recognize their names because he's throwing, getting them the ball. So, we'll... Uh, no, I'm, I'm liking the Rams. David? Well, I was going to go with Baker and Tampa, and then he... Logan took nice that, steal. And then I was going to say the Rams. <laughs> uh, so, oh, for two. Uh, All right, we'll, uh, let, we'll let you think a little bit. Well, no. You got I, it? He doesn't want to get say, it stolen again. I, I would say... Just see if I could snatch the third one. <laughs> in general, the NFC South. Okay. There are three oh, teams that are 2-0, and I just... You yeah, can't, I don't believe in any of those three teams. That be- that's, wi- <laughs> that's wild to me. I thought that in the beginning there, it probably still will pan out that way. But I thought that was the worst division in the NFL. Yeah. Say, considering last year Tampa won the division with like a what eight and nine record or yeah. whatever yeah. it was, I mean, hosted a home playoff game. Atlanta, yeah. New Orleans, and Tampa are all two and zero, and it, I was not a believer in any of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go. They're only they're one and one, kind of like we were saying, Johnny. But I'm gonna go with Jordan Love and. Uh, the new starting quarterback in the new Packers era. Um, just real quick, six touchdowns, zero picks through two games as um, the guy to having to take over for Aaron Rodgers in a division where a lot of people pick them to p- come in last. Um, I don't think they're going to come in last. I actually think they might compete for this division when this thing all plays out because the Bears stink. Um, the Vikings might be 0-3 after this weekend against the Chargers, and the Lions aren't exactly what I think ESPN played them out to be. So I think Jordan Love has proven himself to be an adequate replacement, and the Packer faithful have a lot to be excited about going forward. Again, six touchdown passes, zero picks. Not much more you can ask for in two in two starts as the guy who's taking over for Aaron Rodgers. Um, underachiever. This one could be a little difficult, David, since you've getting yours stolen. Um, <laughs> You go ahead and start well, us off. It's between two teams for me, and I, I'll just go with the Chargers. Okay. Uh, it, it, every year with Herbert at the at the leader spot there, I, it seems like they're supposed to be the next step up, and they haven't gone there yet. And to be 0-2 with all the hype they keep getting, is that's a tough spot for them to be in. It's the same Chargers I feel like it's always been. In fact, yeah. when Phillip Rivers, you have Phillip Rivers, you have an all-star quarterback play, now you have Herbert all-star. And you, yeah. For whatever reason, you just keep coming yeah. up short. But unlike yeah. the Bengals, who like seem to start 0-2 every single season, I, I trust the Bengals will get the ship right. That's not a great start, and especially if they drop to the Vikings this week. No one three start for the Chargers. I can't see them recovering. Yeah, that I, we were talking about this the other day. Like that Chargers Vikings game might be the most must win game for both teams in a game. Big this time. Week. Go ahead, Johnny. Underachiever. Um, completely different af- after the the Monday night games. I'm actually taking Deshaun Watson as my underachiever. M- maximum what guaranteed contract overpaid granted everything everybody knew that was a cleveland mistake coming into it <laughs> but even at the same even at the same time i'm i'm watching the monday night game and he a quarterback has two two face mask penalties and one of them was especially was like really egregious he stiff arms somebody and on his way out of bounds he just throws the stealer into the sidelines and i'm like you're supposed to be the leader of this football team. I know I sound like an old head saying this, but like, what are we, what, that gotta be better than that. It doesn't make any sense. You come off as just like, I don't know, just not a good guy when you do that. I mean, granted, he has a history of not, not being <laughs> I was a good say, guy. Is that your first inclination? But you know, not, not be a good guy. <laughs> but like, you have a chance now to kind of, I guess, I don't know, 
clean up your image a little bit and you kind of reveal yourself to be kind of a dirty player on top of it. I'm like, yeah. what are we doing? It's, it's, it's a real shame. Could have a new better guy. He's been abysmal. Is it my turn? You're, go ahead, Logan. Um, I won't attack the low hanging fruit in my, yeah. in my team's own division. Well, you have every um, right to flex. I won't though. Don't I won't, worry. I'll, I'll leave, I'll leave it be. <laughs> the bears. Oh yeah. Uh, Severely underperformed. Sad. And like I told you guys before we started recording, really might have bought into the Justin Fields hype coming into this year. I was excited by what I saw at the end of last year and then they just Yeah. I mean, did uh, they did you guys see how they lost over the weekend? I saw the some pick film six, breaks. The, the I screen saw some pick film six. They ran the down. same exact screenplay three. three snaps in a row. And then Shaquille Barrett or Shaq Barrett reaches his hands up. Picks it off from four yards out of the end zone and walks in for a yeah. touchdown. And then there's multiple film breakdowns of Justin Fields just not seeing the field and at all. They were supposed to be, if not the top dog in that division, because you would say it would be the Vikings probably while the Packers were in transition. They were at least supposed to be two or two or three right there with the Lions. And now it's looking like they might be trending towards a top two or three pick. Again, so, yep. Yeah. I was going to take that low-hanging fruit from your division. Um, I feel like we kind of have to talk about it. But I'm going to really quick throw in the Vikings, too, um, just because as a betting man, I have a future on them to win that division. Not a great start. Kirk Cousins is playing about as well as Kirk Cousins could have played. R regardless of some fumbles in the Eagles game, he's in the top five in every passing category you can be in. He's got weapons that are also performing, but their run defense is atrocious. And again, that, that division's there for the taking, and they're squandering it. The Bengals, 0-2, and um, and we say, oh, well, they start on to it. Yeah, but like the Vikings can't win one score games all the time like they did last year. The Bengals can't keep doing this themselves and starting like this. Now you have a lingering calf issue with Burrow. Some guys are underperforming. It doesn't look great. It doesn't look the same even as when they started off slow last year. I am concerned about the Bengals. I'm not going to bury them yet, but uh, the Bengals would be my uh, just kind of disappointing. And. Not only Owen, just Owen two, Owen two in the division to start yeah, the year. Yeah, not so. great. Mm -mm, yeah. So that leads us to how well do you know your division? It's a little contest we're going to do throughout the NFL season here at the Football Friday podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening again. We really, really appreciate the support. Get out one more time. I'm going to say, please go out and buy the print edition today. Um, if you're not a subscriber, please subscribe. We got great football content in there from our staff, and there'll be plenty more in Saturday's edition as well with game recaps and stories. Go out and support Logan. Go out and support David, Dave Post, Matt Patton, please. Um, record. So for those who are for tuning in for the first time, what we do is we each go through our division and pick who we think will win and lose, and we keep the records throughout to see how well we knew our division by the end of the season. Um Obviously, when you're picking your division, sometimes your divisions are playing within each other. Sometimes they're playing others. So that, um, the records week to week are a little different at times. Currently, Johnny and David are at six and one. Logan is at three and two. I am at four and two. So kudos to us guys for being over 500 as Woo. a podcast. Not bad. Again, maybe we'll clap it up next week if we can keep it going. <laughs> but we'll start. I think I'll go first. Then Logan, you can go. And then we'll let the NFC East guys kind of go back sure. and forth a little bit. Um, in my division, Broncos are coming to Miami. That Broncos team might stink. Uh, I think there were some high hopes for them with Sean Payton taking over. Maybe a Russell Wilson resurgence. Not going to be the case. Um, they're another team that had every opportunity to beat that Washington team and just couldn't do it. And that's a team when you should be able to beat them, you got to beat the Washington Commanders. Denver is quickly becoming so irrelevant that they didn't even, th I didn't even think about them mm -hmm. for the underwhelming. Yeah. They're also just not fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, so Dolphins there. Uh, Bills at Commanders. Speaking of the Commanders, uh, great start for them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you off in the middle of your thought because what you just said about how you're the Broncos and you have every chance to beat the Commanders, you need to beat the Commanders. This time next week will be hilarious if that game ends in dramatic fashion oh, on Sunday. Gosh. <laughs> Listen, what's going to happen now Josh Allen heard the noise out of this, out of the bowels of the times. Dorsey, he's on another level after that Raiders game. He got the kick in the pants he needed from me. This team's rolling now, and they're going to the capital, this nation's capital, and the sparks will be flying. Um, the bombs will be bursting in air. Uh, Bills roll the commanders. That was in Baltimore, by the way. Uh, we'll beat the Ravens too while we're down there. Uh, Bills, Bills win that one, I think, handily, similar to the Raiders game. I think the Bills are going to be a team that might... I think they're going to beat up on who they should beat up this season. I think what will be telling is if competitive games like that Jets game look as competitive as they did when they shouldn't have. Uh, but I think they'll beat up on uh, below-average teams this year. They got the firepower to do it. Patriots at Jets is the one. Johnny and I, before you guys got into the office today, we're having a little bit of trouble with this one. This one's sneaky good. Um, the Jets are one and one despite the, all the Aaron Rodgers problems, but the offense looked really bad against Dallas. The defense still looks fantastic. Um, they gave up 30 to Dallas. But Johnny, you said you watched that whole game. A lot of field goals, a lot of bend but don't break. Mm-hmm. Um while the Patriots, they come up one score short of the Dolphins last week. It's still Bill Belichick, coach team. They got players on both sides of the ball to stay competitive in every game. It's in New York. I'm going to go with the Patriots. I think they get it done. I think this Jets season, it's going to be a little too much to overcome. The ball's been deflated a little bit. Their sales or whatever, whatever you want to use. <laughs> the ball's been deflated. Even well, it's a Patriots game. Tom Brady has you know free to get one in real there. estate. <laughs> You knew I had to get one in there. It's a Did you guys watch that game Sunday night? Did you see the the, the, the kickoff? No, the kickoff. The field goal block. I'm sorry. Yes. The, where he ran in from the side and oh, like, timed yeah. it up perfectly. Revolutionized the entire Just sitting there watching teams. it in real time being like, why is that guy standing over there? And then he just runs into the frame and goes and blocks the kick. It was awesome. That fourth down conversion at the end of the game should have just counted for how long. That's what I thought. I was like, I know he's short, but like, like man, that's so got to give it to him. Yeah, I think the the Jets are going to slow down here, but I think the Patriots are going to be that team that doesn't make the playoffs. But if they're on your schedule every week, it's not a cupcake. You're going to have to come up. You're going to have to show up. And they don't got any stars, but they got players on each side of the ball. I'll roll with the Patriots. Tough choice, but I'll go with the Patriots this week. Uh, Logan, AFC North. Sure, I'll keep it short and sweet this week. I think the Titans will beat the Browns. I think the Browns are still going to be figuring out what life without Nick Chubb is like. Deshaun Watson has looked bad, capital B. I just, um, the Browns got to win. They beat the Bengals to open the year, and I just think this is another spot where they're still kind of in flux trying to figure out how do we, I mean, they signed Kareem Hunt on Wednesday. Jerome yeah. Ford is supposed to be the featured back, so we'll see. We'll see, but I think the Titans take that one. Uh, Steelers at Raiders. I know the Steelers won Monday night. They don't look good. No, their they, offense their does offense not, look, did not good. look Their defense looks better. good. Um, TJ Watt looks awesome. Really, really good. So they got to go across the country. They got to go to Vegas. Uh, Vegas is zero and two. No, they beat the Broncos one and one, year, yeah. one and one. So, but they came off a pretty good shellacking at the hands of Buffalo last dog week. So. Walked. They didn't look good either. By so, the way. I think I'll take the Raiders in that one. I think the 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 geography of that matchup plays a role. And then 
Rams at Bengals. That's a Monday nighter, I'm pretty sure. Forgot to put that in here, but I Super Bowl rematch. Sneaky good game. Sneaky, <laughs> sneaky good game. Uh Burrow's calf's not one hundred percent. I'll go. I'll I think the Rams will keep it rolling. I I hard for me to envision a world where the AFC North supposed favorites end to the year start 0-3, but if, if Burrow's not 100%, 110%, I just think that that offense could be lackluster as they've kind of been to start the year. So I'll go Rams. And then finally, Colts at Ravens. Game I'll be at this weekend. Nice. Uh, unfortunately for me, it doesn't look like Anthony Richardson's going to be playing. So No Portland, Richardson, Portland no Jonathan Taylor. No Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. So uh, Gardner Minshew, though, Ravens. Should be an yeah. easy one. Good start for them. Yeah, but it's a, well, th- th- that's a good game for you to attend then as a Ravens fan. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So. absolutely. Should but get a nice it should, or it, it could be horrible. Yeah, <laughs> it, could be it a should have been nightmare. a role. It should have been a role regardless of who was back there at quarterback, especially with no Taylor for the first four weeks. But yeah. it would have been fun to see Richardson play. But we'll see. He, he might play. Shane Steichen and... Uh, Reunited with Gardner Minshew, right, David? Yeah. So, like, man, maybe it'll work. Uh, it didn't work a couple times last year. So. <laughs> Speaking of old Eagles stuff, we'll go to the NFC East. Johnny and David, we'll let you guys go um, back and forth here with each game. Giants at Niners. Johnny, you start it. Well, this game's already uh, over. That game's yeah. played. So, obviously, we tape these on Wednesdays. Oh, yeah. They come out Friday morning. This game will have already been played. But uh, back to the future. Who do yeah. you got? Uh, I would say... It, Oh, well, you guys, it was a pretty easy win for the Niners last night. <laughs> nice. They looked, uh, nice they looked really sharp. They, nice the Giants clearly missed Saquon Barkley. <laughs> nice spin. I was going to uh, say, it's, al- it's already over because it's this is because it's the afterward, Niners. but it's also because it's the Giants without Saquon. And yeah. Is he players. confirmed not playing? The coaches, Dayball. Dayball said, yeah, Dayball yeah. said he wouldn't roll him out. After you just wept what you just, you, I'm not sure I your best, it. Yeah, if you're, it's your best player, you're, what are you, I can't believe the Giants knocked off the 49ers last night. It was crazy. <laughs> 215 on the ground from Saquon. <laughs> it's incredible that Barkley made it back the way he did. After the, that's the way this is going. So, um, Cowboys at the Cardinals. Ho-hum. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, People probably think I'm down on the Cowboys whenever I talk about them on here, but until they prove me otherwise, I mean, how can, like, it's it's the Cardinals. We should be able to, yeah. we know what Jonathan Gannon looks like. I feel like we did pretty good against Jonathan Gannon last year, so. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> David, uh, e- easy, agree? Yeah, I, I'm, Cardinals just let one slip out of their yeah. hands on something. Yeah. That's crazy. It, or but, did they? Someone reminded <laughs> someone reminded them that they were tanking. So <laughs> yeah. Vegas but, called. But that's that's an easy. That's why those refs wear your pieces. Um, down there where the bombs are bursting, Bills at uh, the Commanders. <laughs> uh, I'm agreeing with Kerr on this one. Bills roll. Yeah, I it could. I, I have more respect for the Commanders than I did maybe just a couple weeks ago. I like, that's fair. I read something. Uh, on Twitter before we came in here today, something about there's going to be like 150 player former players at this game this weekend for the Commanders. So kind of like almost like a homecoming celebration. They probably all have losing records. <laughs> <laughs> Pierre Garçon is going to be like the oh, marquee one, which oh, all time all time NFL name. Ryan yeah. Kerrigan will be there. Yeah, but is he I, still active? I'm just, he was <laughs> he was playing way too long already. So I definitely think Bills on that one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Eagles at Bucks to finish us off, guys. I am very encouraged by the second half the Eagles had against Minnesota last week. Going into that halftime, it was still like, what are we doing offensively? Uh, but everything looked 
way more like 2022 in that second half to me. And I'm a lot more encouraged. And like I said, I don't believe in the NFC South and Tampa. Uh, so I, I think the Eagles got this one on Monday. I'm rolling with Tampa on this one. I'm all aboard the Baker train. I might be a little biased <laughs> wow. on it. Wow. I came in, like like Logan said, and on a cast earlier, this is probably uh, the most talent Baker's ever had to play with. So I like them to keep rolling. The Eagles have been underwhelming, especially in the first half. They're r- returning to their mantra of being a second-half team. Of Sooner or later, you're going to have to put four halves, or four halves, two halves together and get it together. And I think Baker is the one to unseat them. The first time we disagree. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's the How Well Do You Know to Your Division for the week. We'll be doing that every week throughout the remainder of the season. Um, we're going to get you guys out of here with a fun little draft. We recently did the best um, game day foods. Uh, today we're doing football rivalries, and this can be any level of football from high school to college to pro. Each of us will get three picks, snake draft style. Um, I guess we'll go by... How well you know your division records? Here's how we should do it. Are you guys ready? All right, let's hear it. Marco Polo. Oh. You, where do you want to pick, Kurt? <laughs> I will take the third pick. Okay. Now, David, where do you want to pick? Oh, God. I don't know. You can have the first pick if you want. Do you not want the first pick? <laughs> well, you, no, you can't talk me out of it last night. <laughs> I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have. I the should've. executive decision is David, as the newest member, will go first. Okay. Logan, as the second newest member, will go second. Oh, shucks. Okay. I won Let's the go. Marco Polo, and I go third. Johnny will go fourth. I got the short end of the stick all over. But you got the wraparound. So you get, you get four and five. <laughs> so this is top football rivalries on any level of football. I didn't get that look, Johnny. David, you got first pick. Yeah, I... Mm, the bias in me wants to go Eagles-Cowboys. However... Don't be putting them out there if you're not going to take it. Just I, remember I know. that. That's t- yeah, that, you just tipped a pick. I know, but... That is why but, you're going first. He's, he's throwing the changeup. I think, I think it's going to be picked in the first seven picks anyway. So, I'm Michigan-Ohio State. Oh, good pick. Gosh darn it. it. It had to be done. Good pick. And we'll kind of cruise through these... Um, Logan, go ahead. Raven Steelers. It's a good one. One of the best rivalries in NFL yeah, history, Steelers and I, I think you, you can take your bias out of it. No, Steelers but, do hate you guys. <laughs> they may hate the Browns more. I'm not sure, but <laughs> no. no, it's Raven Steelers. <laughs> the, the Browns. I wanted, I wanted Michigan, good. Ohio State. Maybe I thought the it was Browns were there. good one year. They would hate mm-hmm. the Browns more, but I'm going Army Navy. Okay, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good pick. I had that on my list. Cowboys Eagles. 100%. Okay. Yeah. They have caused me many a sleepless <laughs> night. Mm-mm. Back to you. Back to you again, uh, Johnny. You know what? I'm going to go with local angle here. And it should happen more often, and it doesn't. And this past, or it's a couple of weekends ago, should have been like, should really solidify it. Tioga Waverly. Should. That's a good one. Give me that one. I like that, that. Those guys should play every year. It's a phenomenal game. They just had like this, the game of the decade or whatever, I guess you want to call it. Give me, give me that one. I'm, I'm staying right with you. I was going to go high school as well. I'm going on the Daily Review side. The old shoe game. It's Troy Canton. It's as good as it gets every year. They're both fantastic and top of the NTL the last several years. They will be again this year. Get out and see that one at the end of the year because it might determine a lot of what happens for both their postseasons and what they consider a successful season. So give me the old shoe game. 
Troy Canton. Yeah, we have some very, very good brains in here because I'm out of picks. Um, <laughs> I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts on this one. Um, and maybe this is me just my, coming into my own watching college football. Alabama LSU. Rivalry? Uh, yes. Yeah. At its peak, it was a very yeah. good rivalry. Maybe yeah. not so much now, but when the FCS maybe was still going on. I'm sorry. FBS, BCS, BCS, BCS. Yeah. When that was still going on, it felt like it was one of those two every year. Well, they, so. had, they literally had a national championship against each other. Exactly. Yeah. So. And even, even recently LSU just beat Bama last season. Uh-huh. Well, in the early 2010s to almost every season, they determined which of those teams was going to go to win onto the SEC championship so I'll go out in a lot of one LSU. score games. Good one. Uh, all right. So I guess we get back to back picks. Here. Finish, finish uh, your team. All right. So I'm going like, to, Continue with the college theme. And you said, once you said Bama, I thought you were about to take this one, but the Iron Bowl, Bama, Auburn. True. I didn't even think about that yeah. one. Um, Auburn's going to win the football yeah, game. Well, I was going to say, it hasn't been great recently because Auburn's been down, but I mean, that kick six game is the most insane thing I've ever seen live in a football game. Uh, and then the next one is the backyard brawl, which is a little dormant, but come great, back great. to life recently. Pitt, West Virginia. But you are officially off the pod. <laughs> <laughs> as a diehard Mountaineers fan, the backyard brawl was certainly going to be my final pick. Oh, okay. All right. um, yeah. well, but a good pick. Um, I had to steal somebody's after I got my stuff stolen <laughs> earlier. Great pick. Great game the last two years, too. Mm-hmm. Um, all three this past went with all college rivalries. Yeah. Huh? I, I, yeah. Well, I was gonna, like I said, I was going to do Eagles-Cowboys. But. So if it's not Eagles-Cowboys, then it's that's... For an, for an Eagles fan, it's got to be. Yeah, there's it, one right? other. I mean, there, there's one other NFL rivalry. I don't want to steal if it comes, but uh, good. Yeah. Good job, you're learning. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot, it's my turn. Oh. um, where do I want to go? Do I want to go college? Do I want to go NFL? Do I want to go college? Let's go with NFL. Severely underrepresented so far. I know, but I feel like there's not a lot of great rivalries, so to speak, in the NFL. There's not as much. History amongst all the teams, but I'll go Packers Bears. That's exactly Ooh, that what I was going to say. Maybe that's that's it's one. the oldest one, right? I think it might be the oldest one. That yeah. was the exact rivalry mm-hmm. I was going to say. Yeah, that's I didn't even think one. about that one. Yeah. I'm going. It's tough, isn't it? I'm stuck between two here in the NFL. I'm going to go with Dallas and Washington. Okay. Um, I think. Older listeners will appreciate that they one, will, yeah. um, specifically in the 80s and very early 90s when both teams were kind of competing there in the postseason year after year and consistently. It's obviously died off for a lot of our younger listeners today. are going, what? Washington, no, the same. Commanders? <laughs> but back when it was, that was a really diehard rivalry within that NFC East that has a lot of really good ones. And so I'm going to go with that um, just because I remember specifically a little nostalgia as a kid being really invested into some of those games when Aikman was quarterback and Rippin was quarterback in and a lot of good games back in the early nineties for those two that I really liked. No. Yeah. And you're, and you're not far off. I remember when I was a kid, that one was a really, really big deal for me lately. Now, if it's not the Eagles, I can't stand the giants. So like that would be my next rivalry down for the Cowboys. And that's mostly because of the whole Brandon Jacobs era, Eli Manning era, the two Super Bowls. It, it, Michael Strahan drove me nuts. Um, to finish us off, I might be, you tell me this is a little too on the nose for you, Kirk, but uh, give me Bill's Patriots. Yeah, it is. And it's a weird one, too. I'll let you d- dig in, but 
it's a weird rivalry that is absolutely a rivalry. It's definitely a rivalry, and it and it, up until recent history, it probably, if you're a Patriots fan, didn't feel like one. No disrespect. <laughs> but I know that there is a lot of bad blood between these two teams, and regardless of what records are at the end of the day, it's the bad blood that makes it a rivalry. Yeah, and the, differ- the difference in that one is, despite the record being lopsided, it's the fact that the Bills mafia fan base being what it is, obviously hates the Patriots for their consistent success. For the two decades. But the Patriots yeah. hates the, the Bills right back because of their passionate fans thinking that there's more of a rivalry than there is, which somehow created a, a really nasty bad blood rivalry that's still there today. And um, I think I heard Julian Edelman on the Part of My Take podcast. Um, they asked him, oh, who's a sneaky fan base that... Oh, that was on the New Heights podcast. Is that what it was? Yeah. Where he, he said the brothers. sneakiest fan base that was the, gave the most vitriol and the most, you know, bad blood was the Bills, and mm-hmm. I believe it. So good pick. A couple that I think we missed, uh, Seattle, San Francisco, I think is a, is a good maybe new era I was gonna, rivalry. I was, I was thinking of Rams 49ers. Yeah, Rams yeah. 49ers. We didn't really touch that NFC West yeah. out there. Buck Saints is fun to watch mm-hmm. when Lattimore and um, Mike Evans. Mike Evans really get into it all game long. There's some bad blood there. Um, and they're always usually one, two in that division. Uh, College wise, we miss USC, UCLA is probably an out west. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but they it's kind of died. But that was the old yeah. Rose Bowl rivalry. Um, oh, Steelers, Bengals. You just think Steelers, back. Devontae is perfect. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know that, that that it necessarily has like the history to it. Not as the because no, it's more of a recent yeah. one for sure. But you guys, I mean, you went. Cowboys, uh, Commanders, and yeah. then Cowboys. You mentioned Cowboys Giants. I, one of my ideas was literally just Cowboys versus. The, any of the NFC East. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cowboys versus success. Yeah. High school-wise, uh, yeah. uh, one that I'm really happy is going to be back this season after Sayre had to miss a year last year. Um, the Rusty Rail game between Athens Sayre will be back this season, which is really cool for the community. Mm-hmm. Talk about That's a big one two schools yeah. being barely separated by two miles, and as long as that rivalry was in place until last season, it's great to have that one back. So a real... Um, an awesome honorable mention to that one. Um, Tawanda Wyalusing's a great rivalry. We'll get to see this season locally. And other than that, good draft. Um, again, we're all over 500 in the how well do you know your divisions. And I'm um, just really excited for another weekend of football, guys. Thanks for everyone for listening. Please get out there, pick up today's edition, get tomorrow's for game stories and recaps from all the guys. And be sure to check back with us every Friday morning on the Morning Times and Daily Review websites. That's the Football Friday podcast. See you guys next week. <laughs>